0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Meat Feed. I have a special guest joining us today who is probably going to be joining us a lot more now. Oh. This is my husband, Chris. Well,
1: hello. Hello, ladies. Is it appropriate to say? And gentlemen. Okay. It is a,
0: a 50-50 audience. So Chris has a background in radio, actually much more of a broadcasting background than I do. He started his college radio station in... Uh, uh, North Greenville North Greenville University mm-hmm. um wngr the vibe 90 what's the 95.5595
1: the
0: <laughs> and then he started a radio station in Florence which is where we met so I actually got wooed by the DJ
1: got wooed by the mic
0: that's exactly what happened so our very first my very first memories of of dating Chris and being around Chris was in the radio station watching him do exactly what we're doing right now. Little did he know that he was marrying someone who would like to steal the spotlight from him. And here we are. Yeah.
1: Well, if you're just joining us by audio only, it's, I don't know how, but you've gotten more beautiful as you age.
0: Thank you. It, I do believe that aging is like a fine for women in particular is like a fine wine process. Mm. You have to get through the baby years of yeah. having your kids because you come, you come out of the gate and you were like looking fine right? and then you have kids and it's like they smack you in the
1: face. Oh, it's a kick. It's a kick in the teeth.
0: And then you have a second kid and it really punches you in the face uh-huh. and then you have to recover for like six years and then you discover Botox. <laughs> which is crucial. And you get braces again, which I've done both of those things in the past. I started getting Botox about three years ago, but I did get braces. I did my Invisalign treatment because I was really bad and didn't wear my retainers in mm, high school. Yep. So I just finished that. And, and, and now I'm, you, you get more comfortable. Yeah. I'm 36.
1: We're coming to you live from our brand new office, downtown Monk's Corner. And You know, we have this big, beautiful, brand new film studio with, you know, good acoustics and everything. And uh, my father decided to show up today to (laughs) help us with the air conditioning. And so he turned the air conditioning off.
0: In the big studio. So we're in my office. So if you're watching on my Rumble channel or on Substack, you are seeing my, this is my office. Um, We have a gigantic American flag on the wall that we're in front of right now. Um, how patriotic can I yeah. get? This is...
1: So this, this the is reason like, for the echo is because we're in a box right now. We but, are. You we're know, in my office. My dad is a little bit like, uh, what's the lead actor on Yellowstone? We're watching Yellowstone. Oh, oh, right
0: Kevin now. Costner, C- Kevin John Costner. Dutton.
1: Yeah, John Dutton. He's... I love him and he's helping us out, but he's going to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. So... Isn't
0: every dad like that though? Yeah. Especially as they're in their 60s. They're like really set in their yeah. ways.
1: So what are we talking about today?
0: So, I wanted to talk to you and get your experience building this building because it has been a 2-year journey to build this building. I want to talk about vacation because we leave to go on vacation next week. Yes. And the juicy details, which I think I want to start with, and then let's go to the building and talk about vacation after this, but I want to ask you, because you recently are now all in. You are an all-in patriot now. Oh. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you, because there are probably a lot of listeners who are, I don't want to say divided, because we've never been divided about where we stand with what's gone on over the past two years with discovering the theft of the election and the deep state involvement and all the stuff that we've discovered, but you recently have, in my opinion, understood the significance of it in a deeper Mm -hmm. way and have started making your own, your own moves about how to fight this fight. So tell me how you first felt when I first started discovering this information.
1: Yeah, for me, it's been a process that's taken, I would say, the last two or three years solid. Um, I I wouldn't claim to just have woken up or have had one conversation with you where I felt like, wow, you know, my whole view and outlook on what's going on in the world and in our country, like I, I totally have flipped the switch. It's taken a process of many conversations and observations and research, whatever you want to call it, like, like all of that combined experience has taken this amount of time for me to be where I'm at and, and how I feel about the truth and what is happening. So um I would say I, I give all credit to you and your passion for our country. I've always been passionate about our country and especially passionate for the state of South Carolina. Mm-hmm especially. I love this state. I love the culture of South Carolina. I love the, the culture of the people here and the diversity of the people here with um, history and success and, and all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've always questioned certain things that our government does. And to me, what, what you have brought to the table and some of the uh, truth about certain stories and about certain people, it's, uh, it's really been like a giant floodlight. And so have I questioned things that you've brought up? Absolutely. Um, have I disagreed with some of the things? I think it's been more of a, a curious, you know, I don't know about that. But as I've watched the things that have happened over the last two years, um, I'm in a pretty firm corner, Mm -hmm. if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. as far as what I believe, what I I think is happening right now, and our role with that and how to respond to it.
0: We've had to make you in particular, we've done it behind closed doors together. We've made the decisions together. But you in particular have had to be vocal with some clients yes. about boundary lines that you've drawn because of things that they've asked us to do, like COVID testing, right. mask wearing on jobs. What are some of the, um, let's just say, give me an example, one example of a difficult conversation that you've had to have with a client, drawing a boundary line around where we stand?
1: Well, we certainly have lost tens of thousands of dollars in work because of our stance with COVID testing and the uh, requirements for vaccinations. And I've, you know, I've had obviously hard conversations with clients that have required either proof of vaccination or a COVID test to do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when they say we require vac- proof of vaccination, I say, we don't require that and like, oh, no problem. We'll, you know, just have your staff be COVID tested. Then that's where the problem really begins is because then I will say, I don't require our staff to do that if they don't want to. Right. I'm a firm believer in um, in, in one's personal um, conviction, their political stance, um, their religious beliefs. Um, I'm also very firm and believe strongly in um, not forcing something on people. Mm-hmm. And I think that we as Americans... Um, should have the freedom to choose what we believe in, but also our bodies and um, our health, you know? And so, yeah, we've lost a lot of, we've lost quite a bit of work with not requiring our staff to be COVID tested. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. I would say the hardest conversation uh, from that is we have a fairly long-term trusted client that we have a great relationship with. And there was one job in particular that we were involved with, with them. And it required, it it actually, there was an opportunity to do a job that was going to have a national, um, opportunity for us. Mm -hmm. And because I said that we did not require that we lost that job and then word got out And the trusted partner or, you know, client called and said, what are you doing? You know, um, and we're still doing work with them and have a great relationship with them. But it was tough because I said, you know, this is why I'm doing this. If we don't say we're not going to participate, then in which, you know, they're going to keep doing that. They're going to keep requiring subcontractors and privately run businesses to force vaccinations and to force COVID testing on employees.
0: There's such a huge spirit of fear in with companies that I believe the fear is driving a lot of those decisions because from what I've heard in my own experience, having conversations with other business owners, most of us all think it's bullshit and Everybody will say that behind closed doors, but to cover their tails legally, that's where they'll go. Okay, well, we'll fall in line just to cover our tails, so that no one can sue us on the back on the back end of mm-hmm. this for catching COVID on set. Right, and you're like, you can't prove that that was where they caught it. Like sure. the whole, but it's it's just this big driver, this big spirit of fear that people have, and once. People realize that we don't have to cow. We don't have to cower to the woke mob. We don't have to. We don't have to, and that the majority of people don't want to. Mm-hmm. Then it, it's just gonna. We're gonna have to break that fear cycle. Yeah, for sure.
1: And listen, I strongly believe that COVID is a real sickness, and I've yeah, seen we both people. Ha- we both had we it. We both had it, and I understand that there are organizations that are going to put certain things in place because that's what they choose to do. But my issue is mandating it. Right. And I will not participate as long as I own the business and I am the leader of it. I'm not going to force those things on our team. It's just not an option. if it means we don't get the job, then we don't get the job. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. It is tough. It's tough.
0: It is tough. Well, one of the great things about owning the business is that we can bring people into our space and film in our space. And shifting gears, we are now in our space and it has been a crazy roller coaster. It yes. has been one of the hardest things we've ever done was build this building. It seems kind of hard, like it seems kind of like hard to look back over this past two year time frame and think about, well, I guess two and a half years now Mm -hmm. think about all the things that we had to go through to get into this space, but already the benefits that we're experiencing now that we're here. Um, Talk to me about what made you interested in building a building, building your own office space. So in studio,
1: just a quick overview of our business and, and our organization. When Whitney and I met, it was roughly 2005, 2006, somewhere in that time mm-hmm. frame. And at the time I'd started Radio Free Florence, a internet radio station with a mission of playing awesome Christian music and also the goal to get an FM license. I was tent making working in youth ministry to kind of pay the bills and start this nonprofit, but then I was receiving opportunities to do video production. I really wrestled with that. It naturally grew, and when we met, I was staying really busy with video production, and then also having a, looking back on it, a very successful footprint of running a nonprofit, awesome organization in Florence. At
0: 25 years old.
1: At 25. (laughs) And so when we met, um, one of the things that you were able to do for me was really say, you were maxed out. You're great at this, but you've got to get help. And so um, Whitney's been instrumental with building our organizations um, into – organizations that are run by teams rather than it just being a sole proprietor organization I
0: didn't know that that was a gift that I had um, <clears throat> until like the past couple of years and mm-hmm. I realized that that was a that's like one of my skills is being able to kind of zoom out and see where the where the block is happening where the like I don't know you know how sometimes like you'll get you know, like a beaver dam almost like it get, you know, the whole flow of the river gets stopped because there's this block in there. And so once you just kind of burst that and redirect it all, it it goes healthier.
1: So we grew Yeah. and I remember standing over our employee's shoulders, you know, pacing around and like they were not comfortable with it. I was not comfortable with it. I knew it was time for us to grow, so we decided to come down to Charleston seven years ago to, to start a, another organization, and I am answering your question. I know you are. Um, we decided to rent a space, and the gentleman who owned the space was awesome. He- He's a friend of ours. He's a friend of ours, and he did a great job with you know getting us going, and we turned that space into a little film studio space, and we actually hired three or four people, so it really served us well. The problem that came up was he decided to sell the building. Right.
0: It was a strip mall. So there were multiple businesses in this strip mall, and we did not know who the new owners would be.
1: Right. And this was in Somerville. Yes. um,
0: Suburbs of Charleston.
1: we, We basically started experiencing major problems with flooding whenever it rained. The studio would flood, so we would have to literally shut down the studio. And Um, vacuum water out. So it was a big mess. And we learned a big lesson in that we did not want to rent from someone who was not fun to work with.
0: The new owner refused to address the flooding issues. And it was awful. It was to the point where we had to get our attorney involved. And our attorney was like, listen, South Carolina law does not benefit the renter. Mm -hmm. In any situation, the law is written for the landlord. So we basically just said to the guy, like, how do we get about How do we get out of this lease? Yeah.
1: So I, it was just ugly and not fun. And, Uh and all of that money that we were paying for rent stayed with the building owner. That's money that we will never see again. Um, it did serve a a purpose for us to have that space. And, you know, I think it's totally fine to get started, you know, if you're launching a business or, or need to do it for a short season, I totally understand that. But I read a book on our vacation,
0: rich dad, poor dad, if you've never read it, it will change your life. Yeah. It's that good of a book.
1: It's great. And so I I decided we're going to do this. We're going to, we're not going to rent anymore. We're going to own something. And so I got with our CPA, I got with our insurance guy who is a trusted friend who also does investment properties on the commercial end. And we decided we were gonna do it. So we got out of the lease in Somerville and bought a very small historic house in the business district of downtown Monks Corner. So that was the reason while we got out of renting and decided to purchase something and it's been the it's been a wonderful decision so did that answer your question yes we've
0: leased out that building at this point that building has been we occupied that space while we renovated it and restored it and it is adorable and cute and quaint. And it definitely upgraded the neighborhood that it's in. It's across the street from the fire station. It's down the road from the Monks Corner administrative offices. It just made it, that neighborhood happy. I mean, even the firefighters, like they call us, they still call us all the time, like just to chat. And like, they appreciated someone investing into the town. So there's like double layer here. It's our investment, but also we're helping revitalize this Mm -hmm. town area. And so we got the building up to par and Chris is like, okay, it's time to buy our next investment property.
1: Right. And I just want to pause there for a second, because if someone's listening and they're considering getting into commercial investment or purchasing their own building, maybe this is a whole nother podcast episode, but essentially you have to have at least 20% in cash To put a down payment on a commercial property on the commercial property.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's different than getting a regular residential mortgage. The bank, it's because of the bank, what the bank is lending. The bank's rules are different for commercial properties. Yeah. So you said it's time for us to rent this space out to another business so that we can start making rental income and we need to go find a new Office space.
1: Right. And long story short, we had a contract on a space, another space, and it fell through because of a bad inspection. Uh-huh. Uh, then we had a, a contract on another building, and the appraisal came back $100,000, $100,000 lower than our contract.
0: That was nuts.
1: Yeah. And so then we were like, okay, I really don't want to build, but, but what we want, we're going to have to build something. hmm So long story short, we decided to create our own space. Um, we had to buy a lot that was raw land and we were told it would take, once the lot was cleared, it would take three to four months to build the structure. So in our mind, we were thinking probably seven or eight months. Once we close, clear the lot. Build a building. Okay. This was all before the pandemic happened. Yes, it was. So we had our loan locked in with the bank. So we had purchased the lot and the loan was locked in and then the pandemic hit. So it was just...
0: The supply chain was destroyed. Yes. And so we... The biggest thing we needed was the steel. So our office is, we began by researching pole barns. If you've never heard of a pole barn before, it's basically, you could call it a barn dominium is what people mm-hmm. look for on Pinterest. But basically it's a it's a metal structure, steel structure, it's a kit that you order. Right. And then you put it on a slab foundation and you build out the interior of it. And so we started, um, with our builder and just said, Hey, listen, we need you to get like, just vet these steel companies and find us the most solid reputation building that you can find because we were not going to be able to afford the size of what we wanted to do it in a stick, in a stick build. Um, so he found a great company and they told him that it would take, like eight weeks to get the kit. Right. And by the time we he ordered it, it was eight months yeah. of waiting.
1: And that, the I would say the delay of the construction project taking two years, and we're still not finished 100%. We still have to do signage. We still have to do X, Y, and... I mean, there's still things to do. But it cost us about $75,000 in rent in rent because of that delay. So there were things that we couldn't help, but I will say it was worth it because now we're in this space. We're in, we're in, we believe Monk's Corner is probably, I would say 10 to 15, maybe even 20 years behind revitalizing their downtown area compared to other towns like Florence. And Hartsville and
0: Greenville. Greenville.
1: Yeah. So, but I still feel like there's something really valuable and awesome about this property because the growth of Charleston.
0: It is coming this way. Um, we're probably a forty minute drive from downtown Charleston if there's great traffic. Um, so we would be in what's considered the suburbs of Charleston. So everybody down here, we all consider ourselves to live in the greater metro Charleston area. Mm-hmm. So if you if somebody's like, Where do you live? If they're local, you're like Monks Corner. If they're not from the area, you're like Charleston. We live in Charleston and it's the given. But yeah. it is the best place in the world to live. It's Amazing, But also, we've specifically chosen Monk's Corner on purpose. Number one, it, when we were buying our first property, it was the only place we were going to be able to afford. Because even Somerville, which is the next town over closest to closer towards Charleston, their property values were three times what Monk's Corners were. So it was a wise investment on our part. Mm. But the thing about Charleston right now is that everything is coming this way because so many industries are building out because there's space out here. And we're close to twenty six. We're close to ninety. I ninety five. I twenty six. It's wise to build out here, and so the the people are moving this Mm -hmm. way. Um, And so it's it's a smart it's a smart move it's a smart money move. It was a smart move.
1: Some of the specifics with the challenges of the building. Yes, the steel cost was double. The lumber cost obviously was up. So we had to.
0: From our original, it was double from our original quote. Right. From what we originally built out in our loan, construction loan.
1: So we basically had to constantly have hard conversations with our general contractor to say we cannot go over budget. We were having that conversation weekly and monthly. It was a constant topic. And so we had to eliminate certain design features In order to stay on budget.
0: The fun stuff is what I would call it.
1: The front porch design, the kitchen design, a lot of things had to get cut. Now, however, because the cost of things went up, um, and now looking at the grand scheme of things, we only went over budget Mm $18,000, which I say only because that was very difficult not to go over. We had to go over because of some of the parking lot requirements. Right.
0: That has been another super fun experience. Yes. Dealing with the town permitting and the town's requirements. That's another thing you need to think about if you're ever going to build is what are your county's regulations and what are your town's regulations and what will your Department of Transportation allow you to do in connecting to the road? Would you believe that you can't just put a driveway Anywhere you want on your own property. Oh no, my friends, you have to make sure that you are a certain distance from stop signs up and down your street.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, these are things that we didn't know. <laughs> we did not know. And so I will say one of the, one of the things that we were able to, to do that I felt like was smart or a good choice or something that I think we will come out on top in the long run is that we had some, some options because it's a metal building. We could design the space however we wanted to. Originally we planned on having 10 foot tall ceilings. And after looking at the space and what attic space we were going to have above the offices, we decided to lower the ceiling height to nine feet which enabled us to have a a fully functioning upstairs space. So we have now picked up 600 extra square feet on the facility. So we've turned it from a 3,200 square foot building to a 3,800 square foot. Explain
0: how that benefits rental.
1: So rental or resale, you know, I would say from a resale standpoint, the average price per square foot here right now is roughly $200 a square foot. So you know you do the math and multiply $200 a square foot times 600 yeah. and that's the instant value we've we've added to the building that's so right. i would just say if you're running a business or even a nonprofit buy a space mm-hmm. over renting because it's definitely a headache to to do that and it's nothing there's nothing quick about it Um, and there's also some specifics with that and how, how to lay that out and map it out, which we can discuss at at another time. You're just not going to do it within your business's name. No. You have to set up a whole nother LLC and your business has to rent from your LLC. Correct. But, you know, um, it's very exciting. One, what this space is going to do for our business right now in this season, but also we're doing this. For the legacy of our kids exactly. and their children, exactly. so we're putting in, um, th- we're putting in the hard work and the financial investment to benefit them and us down the road. So
0: I will say, like, there are a lot of playful sacrifices that we've made to do this. Mm-hmm. We could have used the cash that we used to buy this property and bring 20% to the table for the bank, we could have bought a couple of boats. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of boats with that. We could have bought a you know, we could have bought a condo at the beach somewhere. We yeah. could have gone on some crazy vacations. Sure. We could have taken all that money and put it towards our mortgage on our house. We go- So there were, there were very strategic decisions that we've made mm-hmm. to do this. And it is the hard road. There yes. have been a lot of tears. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of Sleepless nights. There have been a lot of um, frustrations, hard conversations with our our contractor and our sub, his subs. Hard conversations with the bank. There have been. I mean, it's been a tough,
1: exhausting, um, exhausting.
0: But I was listening to a Jordan Peterson podcast the other day, and he said, "You choose your hard. Each decision that you make is full of hard." hard decisions hard choices but you choose your level of hard. Yeah. you choosing you know if you choose to buy three boats with that money you're hard is the fact that you're dealing with the three different boats that are needing constant service all mm-hmm. the time and they're breaking or you need a marina to store them and i mean you're there's always whatever decision you make you're going to be making difficult decisions yeah. and so what for us it's been what, what's gonna be most beneficial for our family and our kids and our grandkids in the long term? And you can't go wrong with land.
1: And I would say this is what we're doing at year 13 and year 15. We bought our first commercial investment property 13 years into it, and mm-hmm. now we're doing this. This is our 15th business anniversary. So it's not like we did it on year one, two, or even five. So mm-hmm. if you are running your own business, or thinking about starting your own business. It takes a little bit of time to fig to get going, to figure out what your business DNA is and who your core client is. That's a higher priority before, you know, you start buying property and everything like that, but do purchase something as soon as you can. Um, I'm curious about, I'd like to ask you a couple questions about the process of purchasing um, and investing into property. What has been your favorite thing about it?
0: My favorite thing that I've is the, is the process of finding the building and finding the land. So I have really enjoyed the process of going out and looking at different spaces and with our real estate agent and, and like, going into a space and 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 trying to envision what our what what our world would look like if we took that space and made it our own. Um I've gotten really good at this point of being able to like even drive by a location and see the physical landscape, like what buildings are around it, what would our our view look like or what kind of a neighborhood is it? Is it going to be safe for people to, I mean, cause a lot of times you can get great properties values, but there is not a safe location. Yeah. Um, or you'll come into a building and you're like, Oh yeah, we can flip this. We can flip it. There's nothing Flipping is such a stupid term because it's not quick. It's not easy unless that is like your main job and you have like a formula where you put the same floor down, the same tile down, like your contractors just know what to do and they just do it and you don't have to like make decisions all the time. But I think going and looking and – learning how to to quickly identify what's valuable and what's not, what's going to be too much of a head, headache has been my favorite part so mm. far. And then all, you know, occupying the space after it's done is the, is the cherry on top of it all.
1: Right. And I think if we would have known when we started this adventure, building something that a pandemic was going to immediately go into action and the the challenges that were ahead i know we still would have proceeded but it would have been completely overwhelming as well i will say that when you choose to build if it's commercial or if it's residential it's going to take longer than you think and there is i'm sure most listeners and 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 you know that when you're purchasing something if it's a car or a house there's that good feeling, good vibe. You're, oh, this is, I'm so focused on this. I'm feeling it. I know this is the right decision and mm-hmm. you do it. And then there's a, the flip side of the coin is there's a part that's exhausting and it actually takes from your time, energy, and money. Um, I would say with building, when you cross that line or flip the coin over and you're, the, the good vibes are over. And now you're, you're stuck with finishing Mm -hmm. that part can be very challenging and very difficult. It's always going to take longer than you think. And it's definitely going to cost more money than you think it's going to cost more. And when you're, I will say, um, and I guess this is maybe a part that I didn't enjoy. I asked you what you, what your favorite part was, but I would say my least favorite part was that season of you really get backed into a corner and have to make some really hard decisions. And you also find out who is in your corner during that time. So that can be very, very difficult Mm -hmm. for sure. So I would say building a structure, you have to have some margin and definitely have to have your team in place um, to be able to do it. Mm So, but my favorite part is, has been just, the, you know, doing it and we're here and we're in this space. And the cool
0: part about this space is that we have a, how many square feet is the studio space?
1: 1,500 square
0: 1500 feet. 1,500 square feet with how tall are the ceilings?
1: 16 feet.
0: 16 foot tall ceilings. We have a full psych wall which is a cyclorama wall it's an in basically a white infinity wall so there's no corners so when you stand in front of it and you turn around and look at it you almost fall over because you're so dizzy it's so disorienting but basically if you can imagine like it's the same thing you see on commercials when they have a car in front of a big white background and there's just white infinity behind them that's what the, that's what we have The psych wall um and amazing lighting and it's just uh, it's it's a dream. Any, any film maker or videographer's dream. So we are heading out on vacation, which I believe is a very well-deserved vacation for us because we are so tired right
1: now. Yes, we are.
0: Um, but we are not Disney people. (laughs) We, I think every dollar we spend is allocated pretty wisely. That is just kind of the way that I function. I handle our personal finances and Chris handles the business finances. And so when I get our paychecks, I have I allocate every dollar almost like a um, I don't know if Dave Ramsey teaches this or not I think he does so every paycheck there's that that money is being allocated somewhere whether it's going into savings if it's being given to a charitable organization if it's being used to buy our groceries or pay for a trip or whatever you know that is it's all allocated somewhere and I just don't see the value in spending six to eight thousand dollars to take our kids to Disney World when you everybody I talk to comes back from Disney and they're miserable. Mm -hmm. And they talk about how miserable their trip was and how the kids cried the whole time. But the most magical part was when we watched the fireworks at the end of the night and I'm thinking like, no, I want to be in my bed at 8.30 p.m., Getting ready to go to sleep
1: mm-hmm.
0: after not standing in line in the Florida heat all day long. So we are going to the beach. We are not going to Disney. Our, we have conditioned our children to accept this fact that they are not going to Disney. Their school, I think, takes them to Disney on a trip some, at some point in middle school. So they will get to go. They're just going to go with other adults. <laughs> not <laughs> <us>. <laughs> And we get, yeah, um, happy vacation. That's Happy vacation. Right.
1: I know I, I know people people who work for us. They love Disney, and that's that's cool. I just choose to uh, take them to Disney on Ice, and we call it a day.
0: We do do Disney on Ice. Do do. We do do Disney on Ice, and it has been. It does check the box off there. It's Matt, and we buy them. You know, when we go, we buy them all the lightsabers and the crowns, and the they get to do it right. But it is a three-hour experience.
1: Most people who are listening are just as tired as we are. Yeah. Everyone's got stuff.
0: Most of our audience is probably our age and a little Mm -hmm. bit older, like within our generation,
1: for sure. How important is vacation and how often Mm -hmm. uh, is that in this season of life?
0: Okay. So we do always attempt to go on a week-long all-inclusive trip. Every year, just the two of us. We started that at year year nine mm-hmm. after really good wisdom from our counselor. He said, leave the country together. Go somewhere where you don't have to cook. You get to lay by the beach for a week with a pina colada. <laughs> and I was like, sounds fantastic. So we do love to go on all-inclusive trips. Um, We haven't... We didn't get to go over the pandemic because of everything being shut down and the fact that we were not going to get vaccinated and we were not going to be taking tests to get in and out of the country. So we have not gone. Um, We have enjoyed going to Kiowa for that, you know, just getting away and going to a resort type, but somewhere we could drive to and we didn't have to cross, like, international boundaries or anything like that. And you can golf and see golf courses and yeah, you know, I don't, I still don't have to cook and all that jazz. Um, so we do that. That's our trip. And then we do the week one week with the kids and we try to fit in a couple of long weekends. Mm -hmm. One of our favorite things to do is like a staycation in Charleston and just where we'll drop the kids off with grandparents because both Chris's parents and my parents live here. Um, which is awesome. So we'll drop them off for the weekend or a couple of, you know, a night and we'll go stay in a hotel downtown and Mm. go to a really great fancy dinners and enjoy Charleston and stay.
1: We're in post pandemic, you know, vacation and building or buying things. Do you think it does look different for a while with that?
0: With like,
1: From real estate to vacationing.
0: Because of the pandemic? Yes. Yeah, I do. Well, first off, you know, inflation, you can't, I can't afford things that like we used to be able to afford things. Mm -hmm. I mean, our grocery bill has gone up a hundred dollars every single week. And that's with me being very cautious about where I'm shopping. I mean, I'm going to like Lidl so that I don't have to spend Publix prices, you know, um, So it does look different. It does look different, and every time we, every time we go on vacation, or every time we get ready to buy something, building wise, you know, we we tap out our savings, and so it takes a while to build it back up again. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like that's why you need regular margin in your life, so that you don't have to lean on your vacation to be the thing that revitalizes you. I mean, I know we're both like, you and I are both looking at each other right now we're both so tired. We're like, oh my gosh, like we <laughs> could lay our head on a pillow and fall asleep right now. We do this because we love this. We do yeah. a podcast because we love to talk and do podcasts. But um, I don't think you can lean on, you can't lean on a trip to, to sustain you through this time frame right now. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? I was a little confused.
1: Oh, no, I was just curious, like, you know, it, it obviously we're, we're you know, we're trying to plan a, a business job where it requires flying mm-hmm. and the dilemma that our assistant and I are in is that you cannot get a rental car. Really? There's no option. So what do
0: you mean? There's no rental. There's just
1: no in rental that cars? area. Yeah. There's no, because they're all booked out and everything. So
0: why, why are they booked out? Do you know? Because everybody's traveling now?
1: I don't know, but it's not an option. What? So it's just weird things, but I, I feel like with the cost of everything going up, and you still have to vacation, even if it looks different. Oh, if yeah, you, If yeah. you can't b- go out to eat as much, you know, then cook spaghetti, you know? <laughs> like, I just think that the uh, the vacation component for us is so critical and so important. Yeah,
0: and I've had a few of my Instagram followers even like last weekend I did this huge um, story on prepping, on how to prep um, for a disaster. So if they lock us down again and if it's something like a Russian cyber – a Russian cyber attack, you can't – if you don't can't see me, I'm doing air quotes. It won't be Russia, by the way. It will be the globalists who do it. But um, if they lock us down again, how to prepare – and I've had some people send me messages and say – should we go on our trip? Like we're we're going states over. We're not flying, we're driving, but should we go? And the answer is absolutely yes. Don't put your life on hold right now. Go and do the trips now. We would have to have a serious conversation about traveling overseas because I personally know probably 30 people who've gotten stuck for an extra 10 days. In another country because they tested positive for COVID, even though they were triple vaccinated or whatever, mm-hmm. and they've had to stay for an extra 10 days. Part of me really wonders if some of that is boosting those economies on purpose. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a fair question. Um, but if you're traveling like in the United States and you're, this is what I would do. Print out maps of the state's road systems. You can find really great maps, just duck, duck, go and just search for, you know, let's say Georgia state map of the road systems. Print that document out so that you have a physical copy of the map with you when you travel, just in case the grid goes down and there's no cell phone signal and you can't use Waze, you'll at least be able to get home and navigate around heavy traffic. Okay. That's one thing we've, this is, these are all things that I've personally done to prepare for our trip. Um, also cash, take cash with you. Cash is going to spend when ATMs don't. So if you have to stop and get gas, also keep your vehicle fueled up the whole time you're gone. Just keep it fueled up. Don't, I wouldn't let it get past half empty. Just stop and fill it up. Um, and then have cash. If you, you know, if you need to find a, a gas station on a back country road somewhere and you can't swipe your debit card, your hundred bucks will spend. Mm. So, um, take your firearms with you. If you can check, uh, state laws about crossing, um, state borders with your firearms. Cause there are a lot of rules about that. Um, obviously keep, your kids safe from that but also just check it just check the rules just a little extra a little extra caution will go a long way
1: so now that we've landed the plane of building our latest commercial property would you recommend it to another entrepreneur right now like summer of 2022 oh,
0: that's a really good question i think it would be on a case by case basis, I would really encourage you to. I would really need to look at like what that what their cash flow looks like, how far it would strap them financially, um, what size of a building project they were looking at doing, where they wanted to purchase. Um, I don't think that we're going to see real estate go down dramatically from here on out. I don't think that people's homes are going to lose $250,000 in value, you know, like an average American home. It's just not going to happen. Um, but I do think that the building costs that we're seeing right now, the cost of materials will go down. That will even out in the long run. Um, but I also am a huge advocate for not delaying things. If you've got a vision for something, move forward with it. Mm. Um, I don't think, I think there's a difference between being foolish and being, you know, taking a risk versus being foolish. So I think it would be on a case by case basis. But if like, for example, if I had a friend that was like, Hey, I want to buy a building downtown monks corner right now. Should I do it? Yes. (laughs) Buy it.
1: Please come make it look I mean, better. Not just
0: Monk's Corner, but anywhere. Like if you're thinking of, of investing in something, go for it. Do it, but do it wisely for sure. And also realize that if you want to build a building from the ground up, it's going to take you two years or more, including a house. Like anticipate that you're going to be spending 30 to 40% more than what you think you're going to be spending and anticipate that it will Take twice as long as what your builder tells you is going to take to build it. Twice. Yes. Period, end of story. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, this has my, been a blast. I am ready for a nap now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I hope you guys have an awesome week. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget to subscribe to my Substack if you haven't done that yet. It's Whitneymeade.com slash Substack. It's basically a blogging platform where I'm sharing all of the information that I'm discovering right now. You can also find my Telegram channel, just search for Whitney Mead, you'll find me there. And also the Mead Feed Podcast yeah. with Chris Mead. You can follow us online, too, at um, Meat Agency on Instagram. I had to, like, stop and think for a minute. My brain went boop, boop, boop. Um, yeah. Well, and you're yes. on, like,
1: everything. so it I makes know. Sense, just
0: know. search for my name, and you'll find me Thanks there. for having me. Okay. Bye.